What are we talking about? Remember? We're talking about fashion and how fashion, although we may look good, fucks everything up. But I have a passion for fashion. Shit. You know what? I do too. You know I'd be rocking the Supreme. You know I'd be rocking the I don't actually. And this episode of Pod for the Planet is brought to you in part by <laughs> Supreme, Supreme. Oh, and Ramel yeah. rocking it <laughs> sometimes. Shit, I should have I should have wore a Supreme shirt for this episode. Anyways. Well, they can't see you. You can lie to oh, them. Oh fuck. Um I'm currently <laughs> wearing the cloud. I'm currently wearing the Kermit the Frog Supreme shirt. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, we're talking about how fashion fucks up the environment. Um is actually a social justice issue and much more. So, um, are, any, but, yeah, are any of you familiar alrighty. with fast fashion? Fast fashion. Fast fashion. That's all I do. I only go fast. You only go fast. Please explain. All right. So, Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. So, fast fashion is basically ready available, inexpensively made clothing, and it's responsible for environmental and social justice crisis. Basically, since there's, <clears throat> since clothing is like cheaper now, and is and um, is easily accessible. It's there's more there's just more clothing in general, which means more waste in general. You know, you buy people buy have been buying more clothing, and then instead of um, usually um, what do you call it? Oh, fast fashion is responsible for um, shortening the fashion cycles, actually. So originally, there's like two fashion cycles, you know, spring and summer and then fall and winter. But like since fast fashion has has been a thing, you know, um, producing and distributing more and more clothing throughout the years, there's actually now like micro seasons of fashion, which means. Is, yikes. Yeah. Which means uh, what are you saying, Charles? Is that like how H and M and Forever Twenty One have like forty different summer styles? Yeah. and it's and like it's like Fourth of July outfits and your festival outfits and your oh, like you know when you go to Old Navy, which why? But like when you were a kid and you'd go to Old Navy and there would be like no, but there'd be like those like like the display of all the white people in the khaki shorts and denim shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that. Yeah, so it's like instead of just buying, you know. For the fall and winter, all of a sudden it's like you know. Usually companies would go with the uh, with the seat with the holidays too. So it'd be like, oh, Fourth of July, but also get a uh, <clears throat> what? What other holiday is in summer? Just throw Memorial Day. Memorial, get your Memorial Labor Day, Day. Outfit, Labor Day. You know, there'll be some different you know outfits or sales, and you know that's how people like yeah. get wrapped up in that and end up spending money on clothing, and then eventually. You know, Throwing yeah, it out. because clothing is is cheap. So, I am guilty. We're all guilty of the fast fashion. <laughs> I, I so I feel like I was much much better about this when I was in high school, because I am the youngest of many cousins, and I have an older sister, so I often had like mad hand-me-downs just like coming to me out the wazoo and we had like a really really good savers by our house so I like thrifted a ton of my clothing but now that I live in a city and people aren't just always giving me clothing which wow what a life I was living um and also there's like not that many like 
big industrial thrift stores by me, it's like harder to to because just like shop and thrift and then donate clothes back. Right, right. And also, I like cycle through jobs real, real right quick in DC. So it's like I have an internship, I have like a weird restaurant job, and I have like. I don't know some frat party with a theme to go to. So you like const. That's a job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This hourly. Like I'm not talking. Yeah, it's I, like I a... wish I got paid for that. I just pay for it. <laughs> I get paid in paid in alcohol. Oh. Um, but like you're constantly, I'm constantly needing like new cycles of clothing for work or whatever, mm. and I don't have money to be buying nice clothing for that. So. I lean towards the H&Ms and the Forever 21s of the world. And that's like a huge, like, that's like a huge part of like my experience, like growing up poor and like being a poor college student and trying to like transition into the professional world. My experience so far this summer has been, it's been super difficult to one, like know how to buy for a professional wardrobe and it's also been super difficult to like afford quality professional clothes so I found myself like having to buy like shirts on Amazon and like buying a lot of like thrift store shirts which is really good but a lot of the stuff that I've been getting is like like blazers from H&M because they're like the only thing that's like cheap cheap. they're they're the only place cheap enough to buy a blazer and 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 it's it's so oh that's that's that is a whole other thing that I need to talk about because I coming to DC was not prepared for the DC summer heat. Well, it's also we have a clothes. crazy fucking heat wave. Not yet. Not and just most of that, America though. did, but like DC, <laughs> it was Satan's ass crack up in here. It basically still is, but I am like not built for this heat. Like, remember, like, you know, Plattsburgh. Yeah, I do. like, <laughs> yeah. But so coming down here, I was like, oh, long sleeve shirts, jacket, pants and shoes. And I'm like, wait a minute. My body cannot handle this. I had to buy freaking prescription strength deodorant because I had such like, yeah. Oh, that's a. I've been knowing they had that. So uh. Okay. So I didn't know that and I bought it and it's, it's a game changer. Uh, If you're listening, prescription strength deodorant. Please sponsor us. I don't even know the name of the brand, but I don't think that's gonna help um, with the sponsorship. Definitely not. Uh, but my my boss at work, like after our first hearing, he was like, "Pro tip: like buy linen, like buy a lot of lighter fabrics." And then I went home that night and I was like, "All right, like how much am I gonna have to spend to buy some linen? How much am I gonna have to like like what am I gonna have to do to like buy a wardrobe that is." appropriate for the climate and appropriate for work and it's been like such a struggle like i was able to buy a blazer for like 50 bucks and that's like the first piece of linen that i have and i'm like it helps a little but it's like i just have to lay out like enough money to be comfortable like there there it makes me feel like there's kind of like a like a barrier that keeps Barrier to entry. Yeah, barrier to entry that keeps poor people who like want to get into a professional setting out of it because they aren't able to dress the part, and that makes them seem like they're not able, like putting in their all into it. And I think that that's something that like really needs to be addressed. On top of my sweaty ass, I need a I need to get professional wear. I have like two pants. 
one <laughs> yeah like, i did one professional button-up shirt <laughs> Before the summer, I did two, and most of it was winter clothing, so I kind of had to, like, purchase basically a whole new set of clothing because I was interning for somewhere. I mean, it, our office is pretty casual, but, like, not casual enough where I can wear my usual summer clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you guys ever heard of the circular economy? Uh, no. <laughs> my favorite thing i took this like uh it's called um global sustainability it was like a business class about the environment and we talked about this when we did the fashion unit Mm. um and it's like the idea that it that your clothing like you shouldn't throw it away that like it that should all be circular so you like keep recycling reusing fixing your clothing but it will never, it like, never goes into the trash. So, like, when textiles are done, they're high enough quality where they can be recycled into new clothing. And, like, you only have a wardrobe that's, like, large enough for what you need. And, like, when you buy new things, you switch out other things for the new things. It's really interesting. Stella McCartney. She's that pretty badass. Sounds she pretty badass. She has a lot badass. of things about it. Stella. If you're listening, wait, like, you know, like, like the alcohol, Stella, or okay, no, <laughs> like, like Paul McCartney's daughter, I, like the Beatle I, I daughter, didn't know her name was the daughter of the Beatle, Stella, Stella, yeah, her name is Stella, and she is a fashion designer, and she's really into the circular economy. I feel like we have been participating in the circular economy for so long with and i say this like coming from a place where it's like i also got a lot of hand-me-downs from like cousins Mm -hmm. and stuff and after a couple of years of that like going into like high school i know that abby you and i we spent a lot of time going to like the thrift stores in our area and that was like our hobby that's what we did for fun because like here here's the thing it's like there's like it's drilled into us that we want to spend like you know Mm -hmm. it's systemic (laughs) <laughs> we did it uh but no serious so it's it's systemic that like we are told all throughout our lives growing up that like spending is good like retail therapy basically yeah so we would go to the we would go to savers by our stop and shop and we would um go basically just like look at all the clothes and then walk around savers maybe buy like three things but spend like maybe 15 mm-hmm. bucks tops tops and, and you could offset that by if you brought in old clothes and donated it you could get like gift Credits. cards yeah. yeah towards buying new stuff so i feel like like not to tout our mm-hmm. hipsterness but we were a part of the circular economy before Poor people have been doing oh the gosh. circular economy the, the, but the, the basically thrift stores is that it's like being gentrified now. Like instead, like instead of like, oh, this is affordable. Now it's vintage, so you could get more clout from it. Right. And then there, yeah, there's like. So I the last time I was in the city, there's like thrift stores that are like popular now, and because they're popular now, they raise their prices, which is like, um, um, what are you doing? There is a place that. I remember this so vividly, and I, I don't know why, but 
Abby and I, we were in Brooklyn for visiting like her aunt and uncle or something in high school, like sophomore year of high school. And we went to this thrift store and we walk in this place and there's probably like four racks of clothes. It was super like chic, like it, it was a weird alternate universe thrift store than what we were normally used to. And I found a jacket there that was like $35, but it had the tag on it, like the original tag for like 350, like crazy amount of money. And I remember like it had been sitting there because nobody else that had been going into the store wanted to buy it. And I'm like, this, this, like to me, it was like, this jacket's the nicest thing. And I wore that jacket until what? Like like almost college. I wore it through college. Yeah. Like I got rid of it. Like when I came to college. I, yeah. So with the whole like, takeover of the thrift store thing that's like so it's like a positive and a negative I feel like because you want like fashion designers and like people who are into clothing to be on like there's apps like it's Depop there's Poshmark and like you want people who would otherwise be in the fashion industry like producing a lot to be using those kinds of things like that's good for the environment, but it's not great for like goodwill and savers who are supposed to be for like underserved right. communities. So I feel like there sh- can be a way to like balance those two things, but it's, it's definitely hard. I have a lot of friends who like, or my roommate, she's super into fashion. She's from Milan. So you can imagine the Gucci, the Gucci belts the and Versace's, the high fashion, the the yes. Premium. She's much. She's very um generous with me. She like lets me borrow her clothes all the time, which is wow. amazing. But she like uses Poshmark and Depop, so her cl- closet is like constantly rotating. So she doesn't throw anything out, and she doesn't spend more than what she makes on the app, like buying mm. and reselling stuff. But it's she's not wasting. I always think of like you know that you know when London Tipton and that episode of Sweet Life with Zach and Cody, where she's like Maddie's like, why don't you donate your clothes to the poor? And London's like, I wore it once. I don't want to be mean to them. And she like throws out a bag of clothing. I don't remember that. Y'all know that episode. I remember that so vividly. Like I just (laughs) as you were saying, as you were describing that, I was picturing it in my mind and i was like thinking back to every episode of zach and cody like trying to get to that moment she's like wear it a day and throw it away and maddie's like why don't you donate it to the poor and she's like that would be mean and she like throws out a bunch of jackets you know london tipton's really great really great really great okay um let's talk about the environment (laughs) Yeah, yeah, let's get back to the whole purpose. I mean, I mean, I mean yeah, well, yeah. We're talking I think about what we recycling said is, you know, and pretty waste. But, uh, locked in there. Locked in so, there. So the environment. So I found out that the fashion industry is the second largest polluter in the world, and of course, the United States consumes more clothing and textiles than any other nation in the world. Coincidence? I Naturally. Think not. <laughs> Who? What country produces the most? Most textiles. What? Yeah. Country produces the <laughs> most textiles. 
China. You type faster than me, Ramel. And China. where do we buy all of our shit? China. China. Yeah, the environment. Uh. So, fashion fucks up the water. Water pollution. Um, most of the water that like um, textile factories use is actually fresh water, and that's like not good because it's already like you know a non-renewable resource and. What, and then when they're done using like water to um, for like dyes and whatnot, they just un- they take the untreated like water and they just like release it in like nearby rivers, which are act- sometimes like water supplies for like Act. people in the area. And like the wastewaters contain like lead, mercury, arsenic, you know, all the all the bad stuff that we don't like. Um, there's this thing called DWRs, which is durable water repellents, um, which is basically like the shit you put in your like mm-hmm. rain jacket. You don't put it in there. Companies put it in your rain jackets like so that like water licks off of it. Um, and they're really, really, really bad for the environment. And they like, I don't know exactly how to explain it, but basically they like connect to other chemistry cells or something and like split things and then they like bioaccumulate in the arctic and shit's really bad and like the good companies like you know the good guys like the patagonias and like they're all looking for alternatives for this but it's apparently super duper hard to make things water repellent so it's like really hard to find an alternative to these how do they accumulate into the in the arctic do they bioaccumulation yeah, what? Why the Arctic though? Um, so the way like the currents work, that's sort of like the end point for a lot of currents. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes they end up just like building up there, and then they work their way up the food Microfibers. chain. Yeah, I mean they work their way up the food chain along the way, but they accumulate in the Arctic. In my ecology class, back in oh my god, it feels like lat like. A million years ago, but this past fall, I took we, uh, we took ecology together, <laughs> and we, we did. Were you there when Mark brought in that little plastic ball thing that you like put in your washing machine? And oh it, yeah, like, grabs onto yeah, yeah, all yeah. the f- loose fibers that come off of your clothes. So th- I thought that was the coolest thing ever. It's I forget what it's called. You know, uh, uh, yeah, one of you search it up. Um, but but. It's this ball with spikes on it, and it you throw it in the washing machine, and you just wash your clothes. And normally, what happens is is your clothes, like when you wash them, a bunch of fibers like come off the clothes, and they go into the water that is just in the wastewater. And that wastewater, typically, for mm-hmm. Plattsburgh, that wastewater ends up in Lake Champlain, and causes a huge accumulation of microfibers. Was it, was it called the Cora Ball? I did a project. Okay. Yes, that's it. I I did a project in my environmental class and we were like we took water samples and we looked at them for microplastics and microfibers were the most out of any of the other kinds of microplastics that we found in the water. Found the most fibers. Okay. Interesting. I think we did a similar yeah. experiment in our ecology beach. class. Yeah. 
It was at the beach. Let's go to the beach, beach. Let's go get away. You can't really get that much of a wave in Lake Champlain. So, um, say, say. Also, really into water. It's also so cool. Um, The fashion industry like is a major water consumer because they need like huge quantities of fresh water used for dyeing and the finishing process of the clothing, and like, um, (laughs) um, cotton, which is you know what what isn't what a lot of clothing is made out of needs a lot of water to grow like up to like 20,000 liters of water used to like produce like a kilogram of fucking cotton um yeah and then like that's crazy and then like um because the fashion industry like needs like so much water it's like resulting in the desertification of like the rlc where cotton is like drained the water damn yeah levi's is a really cool thing where they make waterless jeans um so i don't really know exactly how it works but basically like their jeans are all made with like there's a brand of them or like group of them that are made with like almost no water that's pretty cool it's really interesting i feel like what were you gonna say, Charles? Yeah. I I have there is a pair of jeans that I owned that I got like probably the beginning of eighth grade. And I no. I like wore that pair of jeans until I graduated high school. Rip, I'm bored. Because they were like because <laughs> they were no, because like I outgrew them and they ripped. And that was the only reason I had to, like, get rid of them. But they were my favorite pair of jeans, and I had them for so long. Another cool thing that the fashion industry is doing, not as a whole, but some parts mm-hmm. of the fashion industry are doing, like Patagonia, Levi's, is, oh, like, yeah. the repair movement, um, which is, like, the worn wear from Patagonia and stuff like that, where you can, like, send your clothes back to the company and they repair them for super cheaply. The way that Levi's does it, it's like a super like like hipster way. Like they don't even really talk about sustainability that much in their campaign for that, but they're like you couldn't part with your uh-huh. favorite jeans who have seen all your memories, like just fix them. Whereas Patagonia is more like this is about the environment. That's but pretty cool. It's like positive either way. That's interesting to like like we should think about the people who like jobs and stuff because Mm -hmm. like having an or like a structure that incentivizes like a repair economy and like a reuse is so much more like friendly to a worker than just like the fast fashion is get it out sell it yeah yeah and like also our clothing like your clothes from like forever 21 h&m all those places are like designed to break in a couple of months yeah. so that you will Excellence. buy more clothes. Like that is their whole entire purpose. Bow, 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 bow. Oh my God. Planning things to break. We are going to do an episode in a couple weeks about technology. And Damn, didn't we this, talk about planned obsolescence in a different episode? It's super. It comes up in a lot of things. Yeah. But yeah. Shit's fucked, bro. Don't plan talk my about shit to break technology and like our like fast technology economy well we're not talking Hmm. about that right now charles okay so if we're not talking about that right now what about we should talk about 
the effects that the fast fashion economy has right. on the people producing. So, I'm sorry, you just got me off guard there. Um, <laughs> so like, yeah, that. So you know, fast fashion offers you know us consumers the opportunity to, the opportunity to buy more clothes for less. But those who work in or live near textile manufacturing facilities actually it's uh, like climate justice you know they bear the dispro- disproportionate like burden of the environmental ha- health hazards like what i said before how always when fashion tech um, textile factories are using fresh water to for their dyes and whatnot they don't um treat them they typically typically just dump them back in the closest source of water which is usually the um water supply for people that work in the textile factories and um the women are especially targeted when it comes to um being disproportionately um uh fuck what's the word need a word affected there we go impacted sorry impacted more Women are disproportionately affected. Yeah, yeah. Because they're the ones of working in these conditions. Are female teacher, teenagers and young adults, and you know they work in human inhumane conditions, working many hours, seven days a week, earning like the equivalent of three dollars a day. It's it's fucked. Jeez. I think that's like some really powerful imagery, just like. In my mind, I immediately think of, like, the typical American teenage girl, like, seen in, like, American media as, like, going to the mall and going to these stores and shopping and being marketed to heavily. And, like, this fast fashion is, like, built on the backs of teenage girls on one side of the world to support the teenage girls on another. And I think that's just, like, such a stark image that if like people saw that when they were buying clothes i think that would really change the way that like we interacted with these like with this system and i also think we like like especially in the u.s we like underestimate teenage girls this is like a whole separate thing but like to being like careless and stupid and like but like if i feel like girls in the united states were like educated on the conditions that other girls are in like they could be a driver in that movement and like especially in the fashion industry like teen vogue Mm. there's like a lot of cool environmental justice stuff um and like it's interesting how like those parallels can be drawn this podcast is also brought to you in part by educating teenage girls and the woke teenage son daughter get woke (laughs) um stay woke (laughs) Uh, yeah. <laughs> what we can do. Ramel, All right. what can we do about this? It is sad. Because this is pretty sad you know, right now. Fashion apparel spending is going to fucking grow. Like, it's going to grow. Um, What we can do, we could choose clothes made in countries with stricter environmental regulations, like, you know, the EU, Canada, the US, which is, which is hard since, you know, we've offshored almost all of our jobs in the textile industry to you know china and other countries with less strict environmental regulations um 
choosing organic fibers and natural fibers that don't require chemicals to be produced. Um, fibers with low water consumption like linen and other recycled fibers. And in general, buy less, buy better quality so your clothing lasts longer so you don't have to continue buying more clothing down the, uh, in, in, a, in a closer time range. Um, learn how to mend your clothes. Facts. I don't know how to. Facts. I'm going to start learning how to. That's an easy and like that's an easy thing like because a lot of these things like I'm always like oh when I'm like rich and famous one day <laughs> sponsor me rich and famous people but like when I have like the money to like you know put stuff put money towards things that I care about like I'm going to buy like a nice Patagonia jacket and I'm going to like minimize my closet and I'm like going to only purchase clothing that like is durable and is going to last me a while. But like right now I just need a fucking shirt for work and I'm going to buy it from H&M. Like that's the mentality that I'm at. But like mending Mm. clothing is something everyone can do. That's something you can do like right now. Everyone can do it right now. And like when you have the money, it's important to invest. But like you can make that t-shirt you get from the thrift store or like fast fashion that you bought last mm. three times its lifespan by yeah, like learning uh, how to one fix of the articles clothing. i i read it was like since the introduction of like or popularization of fast fashion the the skill of mending your own clothing has drastically like gone down it's because you know it's like oh my shirt broke yeah um i could get a on a new one yeah I'm going to go spend $3 for another one. Yeah. Another thing we could do is like we could basically change the patterns and like the way that like the economy, like the fast fashion economy works by like basically like voting with our wallet. Like where we spend our money and like the plate, like the way we spend our money seriously affects like the way that the market reacts to us. So if we can spend our money on things that are like produced locally produced sustainably like that would be super helpful in pushing what we're looking for even those places that we like consider the like the you know the big guys of fast fashion like forever 21 and h&m they already i feel like are leading towards like the green movement like H&M, I think it's like H&M Conscious or something, which is like clothing that's made in a more sustainable environment, clothing that is like supposed to last longer. So I think like, I mean, if we're functioning in this capitalist society, you should like minimally be trying to urge so, those companies um, to be doing more for the environment. I want to talk about two companies that have made like I mean, it's, it's like a wild idea, a wild thing that they're doing. So there's EcoAlf, which like creates shoes mm-hmm. from algae and recycled plastics as part of like upcycling the ocean's Whoa. collection. I know. Um, EcoAlf. That's E-C-O-A-L-F, so cool. Wait, what is it called? Sponsor us. 
And then in Amsterdam, sponsor us. There's Gumdrop, which collects gum and turns it into a new kind of rubber, so they could use it to make shoes. Yes. Like wait, like gum off the street. Yeah. Like they like pick up yep. gum that people put like underneath yep. benches and shit so, and make so, rubber so out of it. So Gumdrop apparently they what um. 3.3 million pounds of gum end up on Amsterdam's paths every year. And they say it takes around 2.2 pounds of gum to just make four pairs of sneakers. So, yeah. Do the math. A lot of sneakers. So you do the math, listener. <laughs> Get your calculator then, you know, out. Uh, That's a lot of sneakers. Oh, and then you know, there's like those... there's less crazy, like you know, Go ahead. like not let you know, like those two are like outside the box. But you know, there's other companies that are like doing their part. Like, um, there's in New York, there's this there's a company called Queen of Raw, which like connects designers and architects and and textile mm-hmm. firms with like dead stock that <clears throat> was originally going to be used for making the what. Dead stock Can, is like what does stock dead stock that mean? I'm isn't sorry. Like never sold. Yeah. Or, or like, is it like or, stuff that okay, yeah, so like outdated. it it was it was produced to be sold and never yeah, like made it out to market. Like, <laughs> okay, got it. Sorry. Oh, yeah. And um they have collected they've saved um about like 120 billion dollar like worth of unused fabrics that are just sitting in the warehouse like waiting to be like burned or like buried so it's like nice job (laughs) yeah jeez and then it's also like those those um designers and stuff get access to cheaper goods we're we're doing wow. things, everyone. That's so cool. <laughs> we're getting. There. I feel like. I feel like there's so many like innovative, really awesome things that just like are so close to hitting the mainstream. You know, like they're not there yet, but they're so close. They just need a little like beep, and they'll be there. I think a good example is, and I. You're going to be so mad at me for bringing this up, but a great example is Allbirds, <laughs> the the shoe company. Charles fucking loves those shoes. I, I don't know why. So Allbirds king is like supposed to be like the king shoe of tech companies and advertising companies. Ba, 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 king shoe. Basically, but like all their shoes are made from like sustainably sourced materials or recycled materials. So it's like, and their advertising is super like, it's everywhere like they they have a really strong advertising campaign and they advertise about like being like elegant and minimal mm-hmm. but also being like environmentally sound and like environmentally safe and i think that's something that's like like a lot of people already are super conscious of like wanting to buy stuff that has like a good environmental note to it like patagonia like stuff from rei like stuff from thrift stores so i think if like that just keeps going if we keep pushing it. It, it, it like it, it's already like all birds have already made it to the mainstream. Other yeah. things will like it'll keep going. Yeah, I think I'm so too. I'm hopeful too. I fashion is cool because 
it's one of those industries that like despite it being so like capitalist and like owned by such these big companies like the people really have a shit ton of control over it because it's it's all our own purchasing power like it's all you know like street fashion and like people get to choose what they want so i don't know i have like a lot of hope for that industry for sure Thank you both for podding with me tonight. Every time. Anytime you want, except for most days of the week. I'm very busy, sorry. Oh, yeah, you're both pretty busy. This, <laughs> the recording schedule over the next oh, two weeks geez, is going to be a bit hectic. But don't worry, our posting schedule oh, should uh, be the same. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to another episode of Pod for the Planet. Uh, if you have any questions, you know where to reach us at our social media links. Uh, please like us on itunes or wherever you get your podcast subscribe to us it's super helpful please leave a comment send us a message on facebook talk to us we want to hear from you you know communication is a key to any healthy relationship i've heard and we I've are trained in, him well and we, we you the listener is in a relationship <laughs> <laughs> we're dating now sorry we're here for you is what we're saying anyway thank you for listening have a nice night